right, hello and welcome to episode one of season two of Hoppy Night in Canada. We're back! Yay! Sitting in North Vancouver, my name's Dave, and right beside me, also in North Vancouver, I'm John. So, uh, it's been a while. Sure, uh, sure has. I mean, it's been a while since we've talked into a microphone. We have seen each other multiple times and drank an amount of beer uh, since I've been back in Vancouver. But we sort of figured that, um, A, with both of us being in the same city, and B, with a, a, a sort of long gap between the, the last time we sat down to record, uh, it was time for some changes. So we figured we're going to draw a line. All previous episodes are now season one. Moving forward, we're in season two. And with that come a few kind of small structural changes to how we, we're going we're gonna to run the podcast. So uh, as far as structure goes, so up until this point, if you've been listening before, we kind of stuck to this structure of we stick to one style of beer and we get a sample from the West Coast, a sample from the East Coast of Canada, and then we try and find one common beer that we have. Obviously, now that we're in the same city, it's a little bit harder and it feels very artificial to keep that construct. So we're going to stick with the idea of focusing on a single style of beer with each episode. And we're going to stick with uh, Canadian beer, obviously, whenever possible. But in general, we're going to play it a little bit more loose with the origin of those beers. And I think you'll probably see a, a favoring of West Coast beers because it's easier to find them and get them. But, you know, we'll try and still find some, some varied and interesting stuff. Uh, but we're not going to be as prescriptive as we have been in the past about sticking to that structure. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to try, again, if you've been listening previously, uh, perhaps some of our episodes got a little bit rambly. Uh, we're going to try and keep it a little bit tighter, a little, each episode a little shorter, so that our production time, maybe, can be a little bit shorter and we can get them out quicker. Yeah, we'd like, to, we'd like to come to you maybe a little bit more frequently in a little bit smaller doses. <laughs> yeah, think. yeah. We've got some fun things we've been thinking about. One thing we've been discussing is we might get some call-in guests. Now that we're both in Vancouver, we record in the same room, we have a strong West Coast presence. Uh, we felt like it would be kind of neat to maybe get some perspectives from elsewhere in Canada. Yeah, we're, we're definitely still interested in, in other parts of the country. And, you know, we're going to be very aware of beer trends that are happening in Vancouver. We want to know if those same things are happening in, in, uh, in other cities, in other regions. And, and yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from other people about it. Yeah, so if you're a listener and you live not in Vancouver and you are interested in calling in, to via Skype to chat with us about the beer culture and beer in wherever your location is, get in touch. Hit us up on Twitter, send us an email. Yeah. Um, or if you know one of us, just get in contact and <laughs> send us a text message. Send us a carrier pigeon. I don't know. Get Yeah, reach out to us one way or another. Uh, we'd love to chat. Yeah. And I mean, there's a few other, other ideas we've had, you know, thinking about some hoppy night on location stuff like that it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting season yeah we got some we got some interesting stuff uh coming down the pipe so we hope you stick around hope you enjoy it and uh and with that i think we're gonna get into episode one yeah uh this episode being almost timely <laughs> almost we are gonna be drinking and talking about fresh hop beer so we, we've mentioned it before on episodes in season one uh, fresh hop beer is, well, it's beer brewed with fresh hops, which are hops harvested, not dried, and delivered directly to the brewery and, and into the kettle within about 24 hours of harvest. Yeah. Um, yeah, hops being a seasonal crop, they are, we've mentioned it before, but uh, hops are only harvested once a year in the fall, 
And so the vast majority of hops that are used in brewing beer are either uh, dried and stored for later, or they're turned into um, hop pellets, which are often used uh, by breweries. And, uh, and yeah, fresh hop, by contrast, are, are hops that have been freshly harvested. Uh, you'll also hear them sometimes called wet hop beers. At any rate, yeah, it's, it's beers that are brewed right around the time of year when, when hop harvesting happens. Yep. First beer we're drinking is from Bomber Brewing, the East Van Smash Fresh Hop Simcoe. So smash being single malt and single hop. The malt is apparently, according to the label, gold, British Golden Promise. Okay. Uh, and the hop is Simcoe. Let's give it a try. That's really interesting. So one of the things uh, with, with fresh hop beers, there's like a sticky flavor to them <laughs> at yep. times. Yep. Um, and I feel like this one really has it. There's, there's a, there, with the taste, there's a sticky, almost kind of mouthfeel that really comes in at the end of this one. The Simcoe taste, that kind of vaguely piney taste, like comes out in a big way. And yep. then there's that kind of stickiness, that, that feeling on the, on the mouth and on the palate that comes kind of at the tail end. Mm-hmm. Simcoe is one of my favorite hops. I love the big piney flavor of it. So I like this. This is nice. But you're right. It is kind of... So the, the beer itself is like light straw gold. And you'll find a lot of fresh hop beers are pale ales or IPAs. This one, I guess, labels itself as an ISA, but it's very much... I would almost call it just an ale. Yeah, it's it's got it's like you say it's it's lighter in color I think than I was expecting lighter in taste and also not very not as hoppy as I was expecting which is something we were talking about this just before recording but the the assumption that it's easy to make and I feel like I fall into this all the time is you see a beer called fresh hop you expect a lot of hoppiness you expect the punchy hop bitterness to come out yeah like you said the assumption with fresh hop beers is super hoppy. The thing is, fresh hops by nature aren't a whole like a lot more hoppy than a dried hop. Actually, dried hops, the hop flavor is more concentrated. Uh, and a good analogy that I've seen in a couple articles that I've read is using fresh hops versus dry hops is very much the same as using fresh herbs versus dry herbs in cooking. So, like if you're making a, a pasta sauce and you're using basil. It's going to be very different if you're using dried basil versus fresh basil picked from your garden. Like you taste with the fresh basil and fresh hops, you taste more of the plant. Whereas with dried hops, dried herbs, you get a more concentrated, distinct basil flavor, hop flavor, oregano flavor, whatever your herb is. Yeah. But you don't have the depth. And so... Fresh hops just kind of, fresh hops have more, almost like a deeper flavor. They add like, there's some earthiness to it. There's some, there definitely is hoppiness to it. Mm -hmm. they, it's not like they don't taste, they're, they're not hoppy. They definitely are. But there's just a little more depth of flavor. Yeah, and that, and that makes sense. I like making tomato sauce and like made with fresh basil, it always tastes just kind of brighter. Yeah. Like there's more, there's more going on than just like, I need a basil flavor. It's, there's, there's a bit more to it. There's also that where in cooking, if you're cooking with fresh herbs in say a pasta sauce, you know, you're gonna need more herbs fresh than you would dried because dried are more concentrated. Yeah, and that's, that's very true with, with beer too. I know that when making, if, if, if a brewery is making the same recipe with fresh hop versus dried hops, the weight of the, or the mass of the hops about a 10 to 1 ratio wet to dry oh wow because when, I mean, when hops are dried they're put in a kiln and just all the water is removed 
and when the when it's a fresh hop right off the vine all of that water is still there it's like most of the weight is in the water so yeah they're using something like a 10 to 1 ratio for an equivalent recipe interesting so yeah this beer is this beer is nice i would i like it i would give it sort of a maybe a 7 out of 10 i think I was thinking about the same. It's nice to try, and it actually, I think, uh, probably because of the Simcoe hop, adding that pininess, it tastes a little bit different than I think I was expecting, and that in general, a lot of fresh hop beers that I've had recently have um, have had. I, I feel like a lot of hops that are really popular right now have that super citrusy, kind of juicy flavor to them. Yeah. So this is this is nice. I don't necessarily know that I'd have it again, but it was nice to try, and, and it feels different than some other fresh hop beers that I've had this year, at least. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about sort of the basis of wet hop beers or fresh hop beers. Uh, I did a little bit of reading and discovered the, I guess, history of fresh hop beer. According to the article that I read, the first brewery in North America to make a fresh hop beer, and what's probably not going to surprise anybody, was Sierra Nevada. One of the biggest craft breweries on the West Coast from Northern California. One of the kind of, the purveyors of the West Coast IPA style. Like they were one of the pioneers of, of kind of setting an original version of what that style looked like and tasted like. Oh, for sure, for sure. And so, yeah, the first ever fresh hop beer that Sierra Nevada made was in 1996, so 20 years ago now. Uh, they called it their Harvest Ale. It's now been renamed. They make the same beer every year, but it's now been renamed the Harvest Fresh Hop IPA. Um, I personally have never tried it. Neither have I. And I get so first one made at Sierra Nevada 20 years ago. Um, the first fresh hop beer I ever had was definitely Driftwood Satori Harvest, which will be making an appearance later in the episode. <laughs> um, and this was uh, five, six, maybe seven years ago, possibly even more than that. Driftwood has been making their Satori Harvest about as long as Driftwood's been open, which is coming up on 10 years. The Satori Harvest is named after the Satori Hop Farm, which is out in the Fraser Valley. Yeah. Um, and they make, like, they grow a good chunk of the hops in BC. Uh, and a lot of the breweries that are doing fresh hop beers are getting their hops from Satori Cedars, I think it's called. Yeah, and it's interesting. I didn't fully realize that, but I saw, um, I think I saw Steamworks Fresh Hop Beer this year, and they specifically put on the bottle, like they are, they are treading the name recognition of Satori Harvest, I think, because they're saying hops grown from Satori Farms or whatever their, their name is. Yeah. Um, so they're definitely pushing that connection. And I assume, yeah, they're not the only ones, but I thought that was interesting that it's, they're putting that on front street in their marketing to say like, yeah, we're making a fresh hop beer and it, the hops also come from Satori Farm. Yeah. Yeah, and Sutari Harvest is always one of the most anticipated beer releases. I know this year, the day it was it was released on a Friday, I think right before Thanksgiving, and I was definitely checking social media feeds to see when it was being released. Yeah, I was I was watching from work, and uh, when I saw that uh, a, a couple of stores in downtown had started to get theirs in, I, I took a walk for lunch, and I went and picked up a couple bottles of it uh, just to make sure that I had it, just because I didn't want it to run out. Because it's normally 
I, I mean, that's one of the things with, with fresh hop beers is they're almost always done in small quantities yeah. because there are only so many hops that the farm wants to sell, I guess, as fresh hops because yeah. a large portion of their harvest has to be dried and then sold throughout the year uh, to, to, uh, to breweries and other suppliers. So it's necessarily, by its very nature, a limited release and kind of has to be small in, in scale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as I understand, like Driftwood... Like this year, they sold out on the day at the brewery itself. Yeah. Um, it, it normally sells out within a couple of days for most of the other stores in the area. Yeah, it didn't last. There's no way it lasted more than a week, um, even in the far-flung reaches of Coquitlam or... Yeah. Know, I don't know how far up the valley it made it or whether it made it to Alberta or anything like that, but it didn't last long. It's definitely one that people seek out, I yeah. feel like. Every, every store has got a bottle limit. I know at Legacy, the most you could get was three per person. Yeah, I think, I think Steamworks uh, liquor store where I got mine was also three per person. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it's interesting because I, I, I think in the scheme of, you know, as the number of breweries in BC has blown up and in general, like as fresh hot beers have become a, a big interest to people, there are other really, really good fresh hot beers out there. Yep. Satori Harvest is still like, it, it's known to be one of the best. But I sometimes wonder if it's a little bit overhyped just because, you know, you can walk into a store and get any of a half dozen other really good fresh hop beers. They're not Satori Harvest. And that's, it's, it's interesting. This year, so many more breweries were doing fresh hop than ever have before. Mm -hmm. uh, part of that comes from there's just so many more breweries than there ever were before. Yeah. Um, but for the first three or four years, I remember, Satori Harvest was it. Yeah. They had no competition. They were the only fresh hop beer. And people sought it out because there were a few years that they brewed it. It was the, where I would easily say it was the best beer in BC. In the first few years, it was amazing. It's yeah. still really, really good. Yeah. There's no doubt. Like, it's still very good. But there were a, a couple of years that it was highly sought after for a good reason. Yeah. And then after a couple of years, uh, Hoyne in Victoria started making theirs called Wolfvine. Yeah. It seems the quality of that one seems to vary year by year. There was one year where it was almost undrinkable. <laughs> um, it tasted. There was one year where it tasted like, and this is a result of uh, immature hops, mm -hmm. but it tasted like grass. Um, it actually tasted like drinking grass clippings. Gross. Um, this year, it's not bad. I had one bottle. I didn't go seek it out again. Um, but then, I guess last year, uh, a couple other companies, you know, Steamworks made their first one last year. Um, couple other places and then this year i mean main street made two different fresh hop beers yeah yellow dog made three yellow dog out in port moody yeah. had three fresh hop beers that they put out all of them very small quantity yeah so if you didn't get them within about a week of them being released i think they were gone really quickly but yeah. the fact that they tried three different styles uh was really interesting yeah and actually we, we've made mention to this that before uh but in the past a lot of the fresh hop beers were modeled along the, along the lines of Satori Harvest. They were IPAs or double IPAs or pale ales at the very least. Um, this year, actually last year, noticed it first last year, but with one example, but this year even more so, that we're starting to get non-pale ale style fresh hop beers. Um, the first one last year, we had Dagerad in Burnaby made... They're, they're just their they're regular recipe Blondale with fresh hops, and it was awesome. They made it again this year, also awesome. 
Um, some interesting, like Main Street made a fresh hop saison. It was great. Their regular saison is really good. This one was great. Uh, Main Street also made an extra special, a fresh hop extra special bitter. There's been some interesting things like that. I think I saw a fresh hop Cascadian dark ale. Yeah, I saw a, I saw a fresh hop red ale. Uh, I forget who by. It was another BC brewery. Like I said, Yellow Dog made three. One of theirs was a fresh hop farmhouse style ale. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting that people are starting to try to branch out a bit. You're already gonna have a crowded field of you know session ales, pale ales, IPAs that are fresh hop, yeah. and so branching out a bit, trying to find what other different styles uh, work well with that depth of hop flavor, like that benefit from it. Because obviously not every style is going to benefit from like this super exaggerated hop flavor. Yeah, um, totally, totally. But it's interesting to see what people are doing and, and like how far out they're branching in terms of like what beer style matches well with what benefits you get from fresh hops. Totally, totally. So our next beer is near and dear to my heart. Um, I actually just found this at the, at the liquor store last night. It is the 40 kilometer ISA Island Session Ale Wet Hop Edition from the Longwood Brewery in Nanaimo. So the Longwood Brew Pub, so they've got a brew pub and a, and a production brewery. The Longwood Brew Pub was one of my sort of first like real introductions to craft beer. Um, it's, one, it's the only brew pub in Nanaimo uh, where I grew up. And so the Longwood Brew Pub has a really special place in my heart. And their beer is actually really good. And the production beer from the, the beer from the production facility is very good. And these are their small, this is one of their small batch series. Uh, they made, their first small batch series came out maybe a year ago, maybe even two years ago. They called it Wild Child. It was a, an aged sour beer on berries. And it was really good. My dad bought a case and nice. Just every time I saw him, he gave me another one. <laughs> um, it was great. Wild Child was really good. Um, so this one is a India Session Ale, I guess. All ingredients, it says on the label, all ingredients have been sourced within 40 kilometers of the brewery, which is pretty cool because like that's, you know, for people who know island geography, that's like Ladysmith to Parksville kind of thing. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty small footprint. I was yeah. thinking uh, there, there's a beer um, I can't remember who made it now, but there was a there was an Ontario beer that uh, started doing a hundred kilometer lager, I think, and then they did a hundred kilometer ale as well. But a similar sort of idea of yeah. sourced all Ontario uh, grain, hops, yeast, everything. Yeah. All right, let's give it a try. All right. Smells real so, grassy on the nose. I was gonna say, just uh, uh, th like this is one of the most aromatic beers I can think that I've had in recent memory. Just the nose is super powerful. Oh, that's really good. It's not overpoweringly hoppy. It's no, hoppy. it's yeah. It's got an interesting. I didn't see notice it saying what hops are in it, but uh... this is Willamette. Okay, so this is a Willamette hop. I I get. Like with that flavor, I, I almost get like a licorice, like a sort yeah. of, I don't know, there's like a gummy sort of licorice -y type. It's um, really interesting. Yeah. I and think it's, it's not, it's not traditionally hoppy. Like they're calling it an island session ale. Um, and it's not, like it's only 4.2%, which is nice. It's, I, this is good. It's, yeah, it's so fresh malt and wet Willamette hops. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that it smells a lot hoppier than it tastes um so it's very much the the hops were obviously added at the end of the brew yeah for aroma rather than at the beginning for bitterness yeah it's 
good. There's definitely a lot of flavor, like a lot of it. This this one really sort of plays up that depth of flavor that the wet hops add. Yeah, I'd, this, be, I'd be interested in trying this one with 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 like uh, this, if they made the same beer with with dried hops. Yeah, I'd be interested in trying it, see how it's different. But there's definitely like it's kind of earthy. It's kind of very much so. Yeah, kind of earthy, kind of like you said. There's a little sort of almost sweetness from maybe the malt. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, there, it's that, yeah, that mixture of like earthiness and, and candiness almost yeah. like there's a, there's, that's interesting. I, I feel like, I feel like this would go really well with food. Yeah. I feel like this is a type of beer that has a lot of flavors that could be really complimented with a meal of yeah. some kind. Yeah. You don't actually know this would be really good with spot prawns. Yeah. Spot prawns would be really good. Yeah. They would pick up on the sweetness of the, the natural sweetness of the spot prawns. That'd be good. All right, we're calling it 40 kilometer ISA plus spot prawns. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the rating. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm, I'd go a solid eight on this one. I, I, I'm torn because I think I'm, I find it really interesting. I don't know that it's something that I would necessarily reach for on its own. Like I say, I think with food, this would be really interesting. I'm glad I get to try it. I'd probably go for the beer itself, for me, like a six and a half. Fair enough. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's, I, I mean, we've, we've discussed it a number of times. It's always hard because I don't, I don't mean that in a way that it's bad, but I think in a way that like, I don't know that this works for me on its own in more than just like a taste for, for interest, but it's certainly doing something different. And like for that, I appreciate it. So it's hard. The, the rating doesn't necessarily reflect how, how I feel because like, I feel good about it. I just don't yeah. want more of it necessarily. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Beer number three of four is the Fresh Hop IPA, Small Batch Series Fresh Hop IPA from Granville Island Brewing. Ooh, this one actually has a pair with recommendation. It says pair with fish and chips on the bottle. Hey, there we go. <laughs> I can um, appreciate that. You yeah. buy the beer, it tells you what food to eat. Yeah, oh, that's kind of cool. But color, burnt orange, I, which, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I'm just, I'm just reading off the label here. Yep. Color, burnt orange, IBU, 62. Percent alcohol by volume, 6.4, and OG 13.5 Play-Doh. For 13.5 degrees, I think it's Play-Doh. I believe so. Yeah. P-L-A-T-O. I find it, I mean... P-L-A-Y-D-O. They're really playing to that homebrew beer nerd if they're putting the original gravity of the beer on the label. But, yeah. you know, fair enough. Yep. Fair play. I think this is probably, I mean, of the, so the first two that we had were a, were a lower alcohol and I think a lower bitterness, lower IBU. Um, yes, I, I, yes. The, the Longwood ISA didn't have an IBU on it. The Bomber Brewing, I think said 30-ish. Yeah, 30 IBU, 30-ish IBU. Yeah. So this is, I mean, and, and this one, I think on the label says, so the Granville Island one is made of Centennial hops. So we're getting a different hop yet again. Um, this one comes from the Satori Cedar Farm. Um, Smells like an IPA. Tastes it's like an orange. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it this tastes, it tastes like it tastes like an orange. Yeah, this this has that kind of super. This, in some ways, of, of the three that we've had so far, this has the most. I feel like this has the taste that I sort of expect if I'm going to buy. Uh, a fresh hop IPA. Yeah. So it, it's doing exactly what it says on the label. Everything that you get out of the sort of juicier or more citrusy style hops, it's got that in spades. Yes. And yeah, tastes like it is almost, it feels like you're drinking orange juice beer. Yeah. Yeah. It is very, 
<laughs> this would actually probably make a very good uh, beer mosa. Oh, absolutely. And definitely is, like, it has a bitterness more so than the other two that we've had, but I feel like it does the, the amount of flavor that the hops are imparting and that citrus note to it balances it out really nicely. Like, it doesn't taste like a bitter beer. You, nope. can, you can feel or detect the bitterness, but it's not overpowering in any way. Totally, totally. Yeah. This is good. I would give this, the same as the Longwood, I think I'm giving this a solid eight. I think I'm going, I'm going to go seven again on this. Apparently in the off season, I've become a harsher critic or something. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And I think in some ways it's very, um, in spite of what we've just been talking about, about how like fresh hot beers can sometimes defy expectations. I think this one is, if you walk in expecting a more accentuated version of, of a hoppy beer or something like, I feel like this fits the bill, which in some ways is what I associate with Granville Island in that like, I'm not expecting anything super, super far out in left field from Granville Island. No, I'm expecting sort of stereotypical versions of a given style. Yeah. And I think it accomplishes that really well. So we've talked about this a little bit before, but let's get into the science of hops. Dig in a little bit on the science of hops. Brief history, the hops were initially added to beer in around the 12th or 13th century. They're not quite sure. Originally, hops were added as a preservative because the active ingredient in the hops, the alpha acid, is a preserving agent. And the style of India Pale Ale actually exists for that reason. When the British had colonized India, they had a hard time getting sort of traditional English bitters, your sort of lighter, sort of 4% kind of easy beers to keep while being sailed to India around the Cape of, Cape of Good Hope. So brewers started adding a whole bunch um, upping the alcohol content a little bit, which is alcohol is also a preservative, and adding a whole whack load of hops for the preservative flavors. And so that's where the style of India Pale Ale comes from. Now, what the, the flavoring ingredient is in hops is the resin. So the hop, hop is a, hops are a vine, which is different than a vine, in that... Very, very similar to a vine, but the vines twist around things, whereas vines just grow over top. Um, so if you've ever seen hops being grown, there's these huge trellises that are 15 feet tall or so with just strings up to them. And the plant starts at the bottom and just climbs along the string up to the top of the trellis. And the hop, what they're called the hop cones, which are they're essentially flowers, grow off of them like that. And at the end of the summer, the, flower, the cones are big and, and green, and when they're fully, they're fully mature, you can actually, if you pick them up, you can actually see the resin. It comes in sort of a yellowy powder kind of, kind of deal. And when they're added to the beer, that resin dissolves into the, the, the wort and provides the flavor. Um, if you add hops at the beginning of a boil, they add bitterness. They don't add a lot of aroma or flavor, they just add bitterness because that, out, that resin goes through a little bit more of a, like through the longer boil, goes through more of a, a chemical change that it just becomes a bittering agent. If you add hops at the end of the boil, it just, the, the resin dissolves but doesn't get chemically activated and you get the hop aroma. 
So usually often a recipe will call for both bittering hops and aroma hops. Yeah, so that's actually been a curiosity for me for fresh hop beers. Obviously, we're looking at these ones where it's, you know, Simcoe, Centennial, Willamette. Are they using the same hop then for both bittering and aromatic agents? Or is it possible? I mean, I, I assume it's both. I assume there are some breweries that are going to say, cool, the, the bomber, for example, says single hop. So they're using one hop for both the bittering hop and the aromatic hop. But other ones, you know, could they be using a fresh hop for one stage and a, and a dried hop for another? Or is it likely that at this point, like, because it's a fresh hop thing, like, they're going to use the same for both? It's, they probably are using, I would say, I, I don't know. They're probably boiling the, boiling the wort, adding a, a limited amount for bittering just to balance the sweetness of the malt, and then just piling them into the, into the kettle right at the end. Yep. And I, yeah, I, I find it really interesting because, you know, from, from experience uh, when we used to homebrew, a lot of times in recipes, you'll get recommendations of different hops to use, whether you're using it for bittering or for adding at the end of the boil for aromatic hops. So I think one, like it's, it's an interesting, it feels like side note of fresh hop beers that often it's a single strain that's being accentuated. Whereas yeah. with, with a lot of other beers, you'll often find things where multiple different types of hops are being used at any given time. I think the Satori Harvest is different. I think the Satori Harvest has a blend of types of hop. I don't think it's single. Okay. I don't know for sure though. We'll see, I when, think, we'll see when we check the bottle. I think that's an opening to maybe try it out. I think so. Uh, all right, so we've been talking around it long enough, so it's time to actually crack open and try this year's Driftwood Satori Harvest IPA. Again, hops from the Satori Cedar Ranch in BC. The bottle does not immediately indicate what strains of hops but we're looking at a seven percent beer uh does not say the bitterness but it's got that it's got that aroma it smells great yep it's good yeah it's definitely it's i would say this year's batch is not as good as some previous years it is good it's still really really good yeah um i don't know whether the hop blend or what it is but there's a little bit it's almost grassy and like not and like there can be some sort of earthiness grassiness that is good this is towing the line a little bit i think of i think so yeah to the, almost to the point of like too grassy the aroma's locked in i feel like the aroma is like what the Granville Island version that like the Granville Island fresh hop was going for yeah. and maybe missed the mark and i feel like this does it really, really well. I agree on the on the taste. It's that, yeah, that sort of earthy flavor is a bit too prominent. Yeah. It's, um, al it's almost kind of herbal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's not bad. It's just, it's it's very, it's, it's different than it has been in previous years. Um, yeah. In the world of wine, the notion of... Uh, terroir is such a big thing, right? Like where it's where the grapes are grown, yeah. the year in which they're grown, the sort of the the various factors that change the taste of the grape year after year. Yeah. And so you can have the same wine from the same vineyard, you know, one year versus another, but the factors that created that different that that year's harvest uh, is going to change things. And I feel like fresh hop is like the closest thing beer gets to that notion yes. at times. Yes, I would say um, that's true. Because it feels very much like that, where like year after year, Satori harvest is going to be different every year. And factors like, well, when, you know, 
would there have been a drought? Well, that would affect when the hops were harvested and that would affect some other things. And like, it feels like it's the closest sometimes that, that beer gets to the sort of more holistic view of like where the thing was grown and when and, and how. Yeah, no, that's, um, true. that's true. And so, yeah, like this year it feels like, well, it may not, like maybe there were other factors that led to either the, the strain of hop or something like that um, turning out slightly differently than it has in previous years. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that they don't name necessarily which hops they use is interesting because it means that they could change it, mm -hmm. you know, from last year's or, or a couple of years before, and it would it would turn into a very different beer. And I think that's what, like, that's what I like so much about them. Like, even though the ratings don't necessarily reflect it, but like, I find fresh hop beers fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I love the time of year when it comes, when, when they come out and you get to try what this year's batch tastes like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fresh hop, fresh hop season. I love fresh hop beers just because they're, this fresh hop season is end of summer. Well, hop harvest season is end of summer, early fall. And the fresh hop beers come out quite pretty quickly after that. And it's kind of, for me at least, fresh hop is what I rely on to avoid drinking pumpkin beer. Yes, 100%. They are the pumpkin beer antidote. Yeah, exactly. Like, every now and then, like, I, there are some pumpkin beers. I, I, I might have mentioned this on, a, on another episode, but there are some pumpkin beers that are fine. I really like the ones that have maybe, like, they're pumpkin-inspired rather than actually pumpkin beers. Yeah. Parallel 49 Schadenfreude, the pumpkin Oktoberfest, yeah. is a pretty good beer. Um, their Lost Souls, Parallel 49's Lost Souls chocolate pumpkin porter is pretty good because it's a good porter. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the pumpkin beers are just kind of crappy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, par the, uh, the fresh hot beers are usually come out around the same time as pumpkin beers and are infinitely better. Yep. Infinitely, infinitely better. It's 100%. If you're looking for a beer... For fall, a seasonal beer, find a fresh hop, don't reach for a pumpkin beer. You heard it here first. <laughs> Probably not first, but you know. You heard it here. You, you heard it here opinionated. Yep, that's right. Yep. Uh, rating on the Satori? Eight and a half. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm at a, I think I'm at an eight. Yeah. Eight out of ten. It's good. I think it's it, it's my favorite out of the ones we tried. I 100% agree about the... It sort of walks a line that if the flavor is just edged like a hair more towards that earthy flavor, I don't think I'd like it as much. Yep. Right now, I feel like it, it strikes a good balance, but it's interesting to notice how it's changed since since the last time I tried it. Yep. But it is... I mean, I will say one thing... I, one note I will make on these is that we are perhaps not doing the beers as much justice as we could have in that this Satori is now three or four weeks old that's also very true the the hop flavor hop flavor deteriorates in the bottle yeah it should like fresh hop beer should be drank quickly we're right towards the end of fresh hop season now yeah and i uh, like they're they're not beers you want to keep it's not, not yeah worth, it's don't get don't buy a, a three or four satoris and hold on to them to drink every three months you don't want to drink them quarterly you want to drink them all right now yeah like some some beers are made for aging and i mean my my understanding my general go-to is ipas have about a three month window um sooner is better fresh hop even shorter than that yeah like yeah yeah so yeah that's a very good point um this is our this is our sort of slightly aged fresh hop uh <laughs> tasting yeah yeah i mean they're all still very good they are they're all yeah. still very good 
Yeah, for the I mean, all, the, all these were really nice. Um, and I, in general, I feel like I had a lot of really good fresh hops this year. Yeah. Um, a particular standout were were both of them that I had from Yellow Dog as well. But yeah, in in general, I think fresh hops are a thing that that I'll continue to seek out, and it seems like more breweries than ever are doing them. So it's all the better for me. Yeah. I think that just about brings us to the end of the podcast. Yeah. End, end of this episode. As we said, we're looking for we're actively looking for people who would be interested in calling in to chat. Um, hit us up on Twitter. The Twitter is at hoppynightca. Hoppynight.ca is the website. Uh, email is hoppynightincanada at gmail.com. Please, please take a minute to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. The more reviews and ratings that we get, the more it gets pushed up the queue and it helps other people discover our podcast. Helps Absolutely. Us, helps us reach a bigger, a wider audience, which is really what we're looking for. All right. I'm, that's us signing off. Episode one of season two. Cheers. Cheers.